If you brought a Bible, go please to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Si trajo su Biblia, vaya por favor a Primera de Corintios, el capítulo 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Primera de Corintios capítulo 13. We're going to read a few verses of scripture there. Vamos a leer algunas porciones de la escritura ahí. And tonight I want to speak on the subject of walking in love. Quiero hablar esta noche sobre caminando en el amor. We've been talking about breakthrough. Hemos estado hablando sobre el avance. And uh, tonight I want to talk about love because love is an important part of breakthrough. Hemos hablar sobre el amor esta noche porque el amor es una parte muy importante de el avance en tu vida espiritual y en todas las áreas de tu vida. God is a motives checker. Uh, Dios siempre busca al motivo. You and I uh, might look at an action and we can't see the heart behind it, the motive behind it. Quizá usted y yo podemos ver una acción y no, no ver el motivo uh, de la acción, pero Dios sí, God does. And he cares a great deal about our motives. El, uh, le interesa mucho el motivo con el cual usted y yo vivimos. The Bible said you should love the Lord your God. Uh, dice la escritura, amarás a Jehová tu Dios. Notice it doesn't just say obey the Lord your God. No dice solamente obedece a Jehová tu Dios. Obedience is important, isn't it? Uh, but more important than that is love because if you love God, you'll obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so God is not just interested in the external or outward routine of obedience, but he is looking for the heart of obedience that flows from love, relationship to him, and to one another. You know these passages of scripture, they may have read them at your wedding, or you may have heard them read um, from time to time. Very well-known passages of scripture, but let's read through them. First uh, Corinthians chapter 13 if I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong and a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, do, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Does not take into account wrongs suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child. Think like a child, reason like a child. Then, when I became a man, 
I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, for then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, to teach the word of God tonight. And I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation that they might receive the word and that it might be engrafted into their hearts. We ask that in Jesus' name and the church said amen. Amen. The Bible says that faith works through love. Everybody say that tonight. Faith works through love. In order to have breakthrough, you have to have faith. And the Bible says that faith works through love. Para poder tener avance en nuestra vida, se requiere la fe. Y la fe opera a través de el amor. And what Paul does here is he gives us some um, very important points concerning love. Pablo nos da algunos puntos muy importantes concerniente al amor. First of all, he tells us how empty uh, actions are that don't uh, include love. Primero nos dice que tan vacías son las acciones que no incluyen el amor. And so he says, uh, if you can speak in every language, you have incredible power of communication. You can communicate with angels, you can communicate with God, you can communicate with people all over the world. Uh, if you can speak in tongues and, and do all of those great spiritual activities, but you don't do it in love, then he says you have become a clinging symbol. Just noise. Everybody say, just noise. And isn't it uh, irritating to just have noise? Uh, the symbols are an important part of the drum kit, but by themselves, they're just noise. And Paul says somebody that can communicate eloquently, but doesn't communicate with love, is missing the whole point. And then he says, if I could prophesy and know all kinds of things, if I have insight and knowledge, and if I can tell the things of the future, and if I can tell you uh, about what's going to happen and how the end times are going to play out, or if I can tell you what's going to happen tomorrow morning in your life, but I don't have love, then he says, uh, this is also empty, and he says, it is nothing. It is nothing to know everything and not be able to uh, express love. And then he says, if I possess all things. So now he's talking about material riches. And he says, if I possess everything enough to feed the poor and surrender my body to be burned, I'm extremely sacrificial and I'll lay down my body uh, for, for uh, a cause, but I have not love. It profits me nothing. Now imagine having all of these things, communication, knowledge, and uh, possessions or wealth, and, and not being able to say this is anything. God says it profits me nothing if I don't have love. So how important is love? I told you before, God checks the motive of the heart. So the most eloquent preacher who preaches without love has not gained any of God's respect or attention. And the most uh, wealthy person who doesn't use their resources in love has not gained any uh, attention from God. 
neither has someone who knows a great deal. And we've probably all been uh, down this road. We've all seen the emptiness and the clinging, clanging symbol and noise of loveless life and loveless ministry and loveless relationship. This is not what God has called us to. And that's why here at Kingsway Church, one of our core values, the very first core value of this church is that everyone is loved. We believe as a church in the power of love. We believe in the power of communicating uh, our love to our, uh, our congregation and to our guests. We believe in the power of preaching the love of God and doing so with compassion and with grace because there's an incredible power in that. Now, in the next paragraph, Paul tells us what love is like. Luego Pablo nos dice cómo es el amor, and he says that love is patient. And then he says it's kind and not jealous, that it does not brag, it is not arrogant, it doesn't act unbecomingly, it doesn't seek its own, it's not provoked, and it doesn't have a list of grudges. Love doesn't go around and hold a list of the, of the things that have been done against it. Rather, it's willing to wait on God's timing. It's willing to wait on, on the people that we love to grow into the place that we believe God has brought them or called them to. It doesn't seek its own. It's not self-serving. And then Paul goes into, in the third paragraph in the chapter, he goes into a, a seemingly unrelated topic, and he talks to us about the maturity of love. And he tells us that love is the act of a mature life. Pablo luego en la tercera parte del capítulo nos enseña que el amor es parte de una vida madura. Es parte de una vida que, es, uh, que ha aprendido a amar. Now, I want to just say something about that because he says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but then I grew up. I became a man and I put away childish things. Pablo dice, cuando yo era niño, uh, pensaba como niño y hablaba como niño, pero cuando crecí, cuando uh, ya fui varón, entonces des me deshice de esas cosas. Now, I want you to think about something because uh, we're talking about love being something that is the result of mature living. El amor es parte de una vida madura. And what I mean by that is that children do love. Uh, los niños se aman and children love very purely. Los niños aman muy puramente. Uh, but there is a, a level of love uh, which comes when, when there have been offenses. Hay una, una nivel de amor que viene cuando hay ofensas. When somebody has offended you, somebody has wronged you, somebody has let you down, somebody has disappointed you. And that requires a mature love. Cuando alguien te ha uh, ofendido, o alguien te ha decepcionado, o alguien te ha dejado caer, y sientes el dolor de eso, entonces se requiere un amor maduro. Un amor decidido. That's when the type of love uh, that, that Paul is talking about uh, is necessary. It is the kind of love that, is, that has matured to understanding that love is not a feeling, but a choice. Es ese amor maduro que entiende 
que el amor no es un sentir. El amor es una decisión. How many of you know the difference between the feeling of love and the choice of love? ¿Cuántos saben que hay una diferencia entre el sentir el amor y el, la decisión de amar? The feeling of love comes and goes and it can be fleeting. El sentir del amor puede venir y, puede, y se puede ir. Y a veces es emocional, uh, se emociona, es, es causado por alguna uh, actividad. The, the feeling of love can be the result of an emotional experience or a moment that produces some kind of excitement in our heart. And there's that, that feeling and ingratiating um, feeling of love. But, but when you have to love in spite of, that's a choice. Cuando usted aprende a amar uh, cuando no hay ese sentimiento, when the feeling is not there, you realize that love is more than just a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision that you and I make. And so Paul uh, tells us to walk in love. Entonces Pablo nos dice que tenemos que amar, eh, uh, perdón, caminar en el amor. Everyone say that, walk in love. That's a decision. Esa es una decisión que usted va a hacer. Now, if you go by feelings, you'll, you won't get very far walking in love, will you? Because the feelings may not always be there. But when you decide, I'm going to walk in love, I'm going to let my character, and I'm going to let my conduct be the reflection of God's love in my life, then uh, you're starting uh, to walk in the path of breakthrough. Es cuando usted y yo decidimos caminar en el amor. Hemos hecho la decisión de amar uh, con ese amor maduro y demostrar la gracia de Dios en nuestra vida. Ahora estamos caminando así al uh, así al avance. What if the reason that breakthrough has not come into someone's life is because they're not walking in love? Que si la razón que algunos no han recibido avance es porque no están caminando en el amor. Could it be that your love walk is holding back your miracles? Quizá es uh, tu caminar en el amor o no falta de caminar en amor que está deteniendo tu milagro. That's holding back your faith. Que está deteniendo tu fe. Why? Because faith works through what? ¿Qué dije? ¿Qué dijimos? La fe opera por el amor. Say it again. Faith works through love. So maybe, maybe you haven't seen the breakthroughs you want to see in your, in your life because the, the love walk has held back your faith. And so this is an important place for us to be tonight because if you're going to experience all that God has for you and all that God has sent your way in this season, you're going to need to walk in love. Si usted va a poder recibir todo lo que Dios ha, eh, eh, ha enseñado, ha, ha mandado para tu vida en esta época, tienes que caminar en amor. And I want you to just think about what I just said. Because I said, if you want to receive all that God has sent your way. How many of you believe God has sent a lot of things your way? Come on, I want you to get excited about that. God has sent truckloads your way. Dios ha mandado muchas cosas hacia tu vida. He said this year will be a year of manifestation. This year breakthrough will visit your house. He has sent 
truck after truck in your direction. Él ha enviado camión tras camión en tu dirección para traerte la, eh, eh, la, eh, la manifestación del avance to bring you breakthrough in all the areas of your life. Make sure that when the package arrives, that love hasn't locked the, that that and not walking in love hasn't locked the door of your deliverance. Asegúrese que usted no ha atrancado, no ha cerrado la puerta de poder recibir de Dios por falta de el amor en su vida. Romans 5.1, it says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We know in John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, We know uh, love by this, pardon, this is 1 John 3.16, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And that we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. Of 1 John 4, 9. It says, by this the love of God was manifested in us. That God has sent us his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Now I just read three verses to you uh, that express the love of God. And how did God demonstrate his love? He sent us his son. ¿Cómo es que Dios ha demostrado su amor? Nos ha enviado su hijo. The Bible says that God loves you. La Biblia nos dice que Dios te ama a ti. So here's the first thing that you and I need to know as we walk in love is we need to know I am loved by God. Para poder caminar en el amor, primero tenemos que estar asegurados que somos el objeto de el amor de Dios. You are loved by God. Usted es amado de parte de Dios. You are God's beloved. Usted es persona amada de Dios. God so loved you that he gave you his only begotten son. Dios te amó tanto a ti que te ha dado su hijo unigénito. Now, you might say, Pastor, this is entry-level Christianity, and it is. But here's the fact, that people who do not walk in the knowledge of the love of God do not experience great breakthroughs. Because when you think God's mad at you, that God hates you, that God's just tolerating you, that God's just putting up with you, it builds a wall between you and God. Si usted vive pensando, Dios está enojado conmigo, Dios no me quiere, no me quiere, Dios me, me está tolerando, usted ha edificado un muro, una pared entre usted y Dios. Y usted está deteniendo la fuente de bendición. You're holding back the fountain on the flow of blessing into your life. Now, I guarantee you, the people who walk daily in the knowledge of the love of God walk The most blessed and the most free. Las personas que caminan en, en la aseguranza del amor de Dios caminan libres. Caminan en bendición. Caminan con gozo. Uh, they walk with joy because they know I'm in right standing with God. Ellos entienden yo estoy bien con Dios. And when you know that, your faith is built up. Cuando usted reconoce eso, su fe crece. When you think God loves you, when you know God loves you, you don't have any problems coming in and saying, God, this is what I need in my life. These are the big things I'm asking you for 
in my life. Cuando usted entiende el amor de Dios hacia su vida, usted no tiene problema en pedir cosas grandes. But when you think God's mad at you, that God's just putting up with you, you just say, Lord, if you could just give me some milk money today, that would be okay with me. Some, some old uh, songs back in the, uh, in the 40s and 50s would say, uh, just, just give me a log cabin on the backside of glory. Right, Lord, I, I know I don't deserve it. Just give me something way back there in the back. What does that tell you about their perception of God's love? That, that God just wants them to be far away. Come on, somebody. That's not the God of the Bible. I said, that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a God of love. The Bible said he drew us with cords of affection. Dice la Escritura que él nos llamó, nos estiró con cuerdas de amor. Con él, él nos enredó en su amor. He wrapped you up in his love. And he drew you to himself. Te, te enredó en su amor y te llamó hacia él. And this is the, the first step. Es el primer paso para poder caminar uh, en, en el amor. Es entender que Dios me ama a mí. To be able to walk uh, in victory, you need to know God loves you. Now you say, Pastor, I think I know that. What I want to encourage you to do is to say, God, give me a revelation of your love. Le quiero animar a que usted diga, Señor, dame una revelación de tu amor. Give me a, re a picture, give me a revelation in my heart of your love for me. Dame una revelación de tu amor para mí. Why don't we do that right now? Just say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you to give me a revelation of your love for me. Now watch God do that in your life. Because the greater revelation you have of God's love, your faith is unstoppable. Now let me explain to you why some people have a limited view of God's love. Because we often view God through the filter of the authorities in our life. Uh, oh, normalmente vemos a Dios a través del filtro de las autoridades en nuestra vida. So it could be that some people had parents who were not very affectionate, were not very loving, or were affectionate and loving whenever you weren't in trouble, and, uh, or if you did everything right, if you met all their standards, and so that became their view of how they see God. They see God as, oh, well, he's not very kind, he's not very loving, he's not very patient. And uh, if, I get, if I get on the wrong side of God, then I'm going to get smacked around. And so they see God through that filter. And then other people, uh, one of the other authorities in people's lives, of course, is the church. And so if you grew up in a church that was very religious, very uh, restraining, very dominant, very controlling, that becomes the view that people have of God, that God is uh, controlling and dominant and unkind. And then uh, some people have it worse than that, and you and I are blessed here in the United States, but some people live under a, an authority in their government that is dictatorial. Uh, and, and so all of these patterns that we see in life tend to determine how we view God. That's why we have to pray, Lord, give me a revelation of your love. Show me what you're like. I don't want to see you through the filter of my parents or my church or my government. I want to see you for you. Say amen, somebody. 
And I'll give you an example of this. The nation of Israel was in Egypt for 400 years. La nación de Israel estaba en Egipto 400 años. And who was their, who was their boss? ¿Quién era el, el, el patrón? Faraón. What kind of a boss was Pharaoh? Faraón era un líder, una autoridad tremenda. He was a tremendous authority. If you got on his bad side, he just said, off with their head. Si él, si no le gustaba algo que tú hacías, te, que te quitaba la cabeza. If he wanted to punish you, he would send you to work and make bricks with no straw. Si te quería castigar, te mandaba a ir a hacer ladrillos sin, sin césped para, para que batallaras y fuera más duro el proceso. So what happens then that the Lord, not Pharaoh, the Lord brings them out of Egypt. Entonces Jehová, no Faraón, Jehová los saca de Israel, perdón, de Egipto, and he brings them to the edge of the Red Sea, los trae al, al borde del el Mar Rojo, y Faraón los viene persiguiendo. Pharaoh is behind them. And what do they start to say? ¿Qué comienzan a decir? Why did you bring us out here to kill us? ¿Por qué nos sacaste acá para matarnos? Now what are they doing to God? Now they're talking to the Lord. They're not talking to Pharaoh. They're talking to the Lord, but they're talking to the Lord as if he were Pharaoh. And now they're saying, well, Pharaoh would have killed us, so now the Lord must be trying to kill us. Ellos ahora están hablando con Jehová y le dicen, ¿por qué nos sacaste acá para matarnos? Ellos están hablando con Dios como ellos hablarían con Faraón. ¿Por qué? Porque están interpretando las acciones de Dios Conforme las acciones de Faraón. They are now judging and defining God's actions by Pharaoh's actions. That's why tonight you and I have to ask, Lord, give me a revelation of your love. I want to know who you are. Because I've been looking at life through the eyes of Pharaoh. I've been looking at life through the eyes of failed authorities in my life. And they've given me a wrong picture of who you are. Now, if you go a little further, Moses comes to the Lord at Sinai and he says, show me your glory. He's telling God, God, who are you? Are you like Pharaoh? Are you mean and vindictive and unkind? But he says, show me your glory. And the Lord says to him, I am the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. Listen to what God is telling Moses. Moses, I am a God of love. I am a God of compassion. And that's the only way that you and I can have the promised land. It's the only way that you and I can experience the victory and the breakthrough that God has sent our way is by having an insight and a revelation into this fact. God loves me. Everybody say that with me this, morning, this evening. God loves me. He loves you. He loves you before you made the mistake, before you sinned, before you disappointed or failed, and he loved you during, and he loves you now. Say amen, somebody. 
And when you walk in the view of the love of God, I'll tell you what's going to happen. When you walk in the view of the love of God, you won't want to fail. You won't want to sin. And guess what? You'll have his power to do the thing that he has required of you. 2 John 1.6, it says, And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. So God's commandment to you now is that you walk in love. Ahora, el mandato de Dios es camina en el amor. To walk in love. 1 John 5.3, he says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not hard to follow. Dice, Primero uh, de Juan 5.3, que este es el amor de Dios, que caminemos en sus mandamientos, y sus mandamientos no son difíciles. You realize what God is saying? He's saying, what I ask of you is not hard. Dios nos dice, lo que yo pido de ti no es difícil. Why isn't it hard? Well, God always asks for practical things. His, his command is always practical. It may not make much sense, but it's always practical. El mandato de Dios siempre es practical. A veces no tiene mucho sentido, pero siempre es practical. I'll give you an example. Moses is standing by the Red Sea. The Lord says, hold up your staff. Is that practical? Can anybody do that? Do you have, do you need a PhD to do that? No? In fact, having a PhD may get in the way and not let you do that. Right? It's so simple, a caveman could do it. Right? This is easy. Raise up your staff. God didn't tell him part the sea. What did he tell him? Raise up the staff. God always gives you a command that you can obey. And if you'll obey the command, he'll do the work. Amen, somebody. He says, do the commands that I give you. Obey me. That's how you'll show your love for me, by simply obey me. Now, it's not only uh, not difficult because it's practical, but it's also not difficult to obey God because we have God's grace assisting us. Uh, también es, es fácil obedecer a Dios. Número uno, porque Dios nos da instrucciones prácticas, pero también porque Dios nos ayuda con su gracia. The grace of God enables obedience. La gracia de Dios uh, empodera la obediencia. You're never obeying God alone. Usted nunca obedece a Dios solo. Say amen, somebody. Anytime you obey God, you can expect God's help. Cualquier vez que usted obedezca a Dios, usted puede anticipar que va a tener la ayuda de Dios. You're going to have the assisting grace of God. Usted va a tener la ayuda, la gracia de Dios operando en su vida. Paul said, I do more than all of the apostles, yet not I, the grace of God in me. Dijo Pablo, yo hago más, trabajo más duro que todos los apóstoles, pero no yo, sino la gracia de Dios en mí. So a lot of times people don't obey God because they think they can't and they're forgetting the fact that they're not alone. They have been given assistance by the grace of God. Usted no tiene que temer obedecer a Dios porque usted tiene la ayuda divina de Dios, tiene la gracia de Dios. And you can obey God because there's a reward in obedience to God. 
Usted puede obedecer a Dios, número tres, porque hay un galardón en obedecer a Dios. Think about that. God's commandments are practical. God's commandments are helped, aided by God, and God's commandments have a reward. There is a benefit to serving the Lord. Say amen, somebody. So what's his command tonight? Walk in love. Well, I can't walk in love because you don't know them like I know them. Well, you, they didn't hurt you like they hurt me. They didn't do to you what they did to me. God says walk in love. He says I'm going to, number one, give you a practical command. You can do this. And I'm going to help you do it. How many of you have ever seen God give you the grace to love in spite of your natural man? Come on, somebody. You've seen that? You see, he's telling you, walk in love. I'm going to give you the help, the grace that you need. To do this. Cuando él nos dice camina en el amor, nos está diciendo yo te voy a dar la ayuda, la gracia que tú necesitas para operar en el amor. He's telling you walk in love, and there's a reward that comes with walking in love. Hay un galardón, hay un beneficio que hay que viene a tu vida cuando caminas en el amor. And the, the biggest benefit of walking in love is that you get a whole lot of freedom from not carrying around baggage and burdens and offenses. Say amen, somebody. Hay mucha libertad cuando usted camina en el amor. Isn't it good when you don't have to carry around what somebody said, what somebody did, how somebody hurt you? Say amen, somebody. Somebody came to me once and asked for forgiveness, and it was so, it was five years earlier or something. I couldn't remember what they did to me. I hadn't carried a grudge. I hadn't thought about it once. And they were still carrying it around. It burdened them, but didn't burden me. And it doesn't have to burden you because of the grace of God. And what a benefit it is to have the freedom then. And the other benefit is that it takes away the hindrances to be able to receive the thing God has for your life. También te quita cualquier obstáculo para poder recibir lo que Dios tiene para tu vida. What if God has a major ministry for you, but you can't receive it because you don't love your neighbor? Whose fault is it? Si Dios tiene un gran ministerio para ti, pero no lo puedes recibir porque no amas a tu prójimo, ¿de quién es la culpa? Entonces, cuando usted ama, eh, y eso uh, es un beneficio porque quita los obstáculos. When you walk in love, it removes the obstacles to being able to receive great things from God. How many of you expecting great things from God? ¿Cuántos esperan grandes cosas de Dios? Walk in love. What, what does this mean? First of all, we walk in the atmosphere of love. El caminar en el amor primero es caminar en la atmósfera del amor. When you walked outside this morning, it was cool, wasn't it? It wasn't so cool the day before, but you walked out, there was a new, a, a new atmosphere. Guess what? You're a believer now. You walk in the atmosphere of the love of God. Usted camina en la atmósfera de el amor de Dios. God's love, listen, God's love sets the temperature of your life. 
el amor de Dios ha, ha, ha determinado la temperatura de tu vida. Then walk in love means you put on the apparel of love. El caminar en amor también significa que te vistes en el amor. You wear love. Significa que tú te pones el amor como un saco. What is that? That's a choice. Esa es una decisión. And then to walk in love means that you walk on the path of love. Número tres, el caminar en amor significa que caminas sobre la, el camino del de amor. That means wherever love leads you, a donde el amor te guíe. So just think about that. God, to walk in love means you're walking in the atmosphere of God's love. And you're putting on the love of God. You're wearing it as your, uh, as your guard. And then you're allowing the love of God to guide uh, your life as a path. It also means to let your life be controlled by love. Significa que dejas que tu vida sea controlada por el amor. Some people's lives are controlled by hate. Or controlled by grudges. Or they're controlled by offenses. Or they're controlled by unforgiveness. Or they're controlled by wounds. What's governing your life tonight? Let love be the law of your life. ¿Qué es lo que controla tu vida? ¿Es una ofensa? Have you ever met people that are easily offended? I mean, you drop a hat and they're offended. Because that's the law of their life, is offense. And you don't even have to know them. And you can, you can be as far away from trying to offend, and yet, because that's the law, they'll find an offense in everything we do. Because they have allowed that to govern their life. Well, what happens when you allow love to govern your life? It's hard to offend somebody When love is the law of the life. When love rules, when love reigns your life, it becomes the controlling part of your life. And you can imagine that if you walked with Jesus when he was here on the earth, what was it that controlled his life? Love. Because it's love that makes you go the extra mile. It's love that makes you... Uh, find a way to, uh, to iron out differences. It's love that looks at a way to, uh, to get through a particular problem. It looks for answers and looks for solutions. And so we have to allow uh, love to govern and control our life. Jesus said, John chapter 13, verse 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Jesús dijo, un mandamiento nuevo doy hacia ti. Que se amen uno al otro. So what's the law of our life then? Love. ¿Cuál es la ley de nuestra vida? El amor. Tell your neighbor, love finds a way. You ever found that out? If, if there's a way, love will find it. If there's an offense, love will find a way to patch it up. If there's a, a, a broken relationship, love will find a way to restore it. If there's a, 
uh, an obstacle, love will find a way around it. Love will always find a way. And that's why you have to let love govern your life. Por eso tenemos que dejar que el amor gobierne nuestra vida, porque el amor siempre encuentra una forma de llegar a, a la meta. Just think about how God got into your life. Did you make it easy for him? Some of you made it so hard for God to get into your life. You don't have to testify, I'm just telling you. But love found a way, didn't it? And now God's given you that grace and that power and that strength. What a blessing uh, that God has put his love in our life. So walk in love. Say it again. Walk in love. Because faith works through love. Now I'm going to give you three ways to know if you're walking in love. All right. Are you ready for these? And this is not a test, all right, but, but these are tests, but this is not a test. So if you fail the test tonight, just keep walking in love, all right? You'll get there sooner or later. Here's the first test. It's the passion test. Do I love with enthusiasm, with passion? Aquí está un, una pregunta para usted esta noche. Si usted... Ama con entusiasmo. Do you love passionately? 1 John 3.18 says, It must be uh, love of deeds, not words. Let us not love in words, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Dice, Primera de Juan 3.18, Que tiene que ser un amor de obras y no palabras. So the test is, do I love with my deeds? Do I love with enthusiasm? Not just words, but with my actions. Si amo con acción. No solamente en palabra, pero con obra. Dice, debe ser amor no en palabras y no con la lengua, sino en obras. Why, why does he put words off to the side and say, let's not use words as the, as the litmus test for true love. Porque dice, no vamos a usar las palabras como el, el uh, standard para el amor. Because words are cheap, aren't they? Las palabras son muy baratas. Now they're important. Because if you haven't heard your parents tell you I love you your whole life, the moment they say it, those words are incredibly valuable. So, Let's not, let's not get it mixed up because if a father thinks, well, I showed them love my whole, their whole life by giving them a bed to sleep in and food to eat and clothes to wear, and that ought to be enough. Is it enough? So the deeds aren't, in, aren't everything, but if all you ever hear is I love you, I love you, I love you, but there's no deeds, this is noise. So, so God teaches us to love with passion, with enthusiasm. First Peter 4, 7 says, Above all things, be fervent in your charity or your love toward, toward one another. Primera de Pedro 4, 7 dice, 
uh, sobre todo ser ferviente en tu amor hacia uno al otro. Fervent means passionate, uh, enthusiastic. El amor ferviente es un amor entusiasmado. 1 John 3.16, we also ought to lay down our lives for brethren. What does that mean? If we lay down our life, what are we doing? We are enthusiastic about love. Si sacrificamos es el entusiasmo del amor. El sacrificar. So guys, if you're, you know, you're in bed and your wife says she wants some water, enthusiasm will say, I'll go get you some water, right? Instead of, I just bought a new case of water, go get one. And bring me one on the way back. Everybody say enthusiasm. Well, thank you, honey. You bought a case of water. Appreciate that. He says fervent, boiling over. And so if the, if the heat has gone out of your love, then ask God to give you an enthusiastic love. To to put the, the to bring the temperature up in your love walk. Second test. If you're walking in love, then you'll love your brother. Número dos, si caminas en el amor, amarás a tu hermano. What is what does John say? First John 4:20 it says, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Primera de Juan 4.20 dice, si dices que amas a Dios, pero odias a tu hermano, eres mentiroso. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, who he, whom he cannot see. Dice, porque el que no ama a su hermano, quien puede ver, no puede amar a Dios, quien no ha visto. So, in other words, we can't come up here and say, oh Lord, I love you. I love you, I love you. And then, I cannot believe he's in church. It doesn't work, does it? Noise. Everybody say noise. He says, if you can't love the guy you can see, there's no way you love a God you can't see. And so there's the test there of our love. Ahí está otra de las pruebas de nuestra, nuestro amor. So, you know, if, it, if at work you say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, no, ma'am. How can I help you? What can I do for you? And then at home you're slamming cabinet doors and you're kicking the cat and revving the engine. God says, noise. Noise. You have to be able to demonstrate that love. It's proved through our love for one another. The final test is the truth test. El último, la última prueba del amor es la verdad. Love tells the truth. El amor dice la verdad. Now the Bible says in Ephesians 4.15... Speak the truth in love. Say that with me. Speak the truth in love. 
Now that's very important that we don't miss any part of that phrase. Some people like to speak the truth, but there's no love in it. So if someone tells you they're going through a divorce and, they, and you say to them, God hates divorce. Noise. Noise. You have to speak the truth with love. The law of love has to govern our words. He says, but, a, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. When you receive the truth spoken in love, it produces growth. And this is why uh, a lot of people uh, get misled because the enemy will speak a lie in love. He spoke to Eve with very tender words. Has God said that you can't eat any of the fruit in the garden? The right tone, but the wrong words. And the outcome is known to us unto this day. And people get misled when they hear the truth, but it sounds like hate. Or it sounds like anger. Or it sounds like God doesn't love me or God doesn't care about me. And so, yes, we need to speak the truth about the, the, the culture that we're living in and about the, the things that happen in our own families. You know, from time to time, our families are going to, are going to face uh, uh, an invasion of the culture. You might have a, an issue of homosexuality that comes into your family or or fornication that comes to your family or drug addiction. It might be that people around you, people that you love, don't honor God. And you and I have to be willing to put our love to the test by speaking the truth, but doing so in love, doing so in the grace of God. The Bible said to let all of our words be full of grace. So don't speak when you're angry, but let your words be full of grace. This means that we love our brethren best through relationship. It's very hard for you to confront somebody that you don't have a relationship with. None of us in here would accept anybody walking up to us and correcting us who didn't have a relationship with us. Because it's relationship, it's love that produces the safety for correction. If I, if I come to you and because I have a relationship with you, I correct something in your life, it's that relationship that makes what I'm about to say safe. It makes that correction safe. But if I don't have a relationship with you, I don't have a right to come and correct you. And you don't have a right to come and correct somebody that you don't have a relationship with because that correction is going to sound like noise. And so it's very important then that relationship be built on love. That it be built on truth. And those two have to go together. So you can't say, well, I don't discipline my kids because I love them. No. You can't leave the truth part out. Because love speaks the truth. Say amen, somebody. But it does so with grace. 
We can't say, well, we're not going to talk about or, or call out sin because we don't want to offend anybody. No, we're going to speak the truth. We're going to do so with grace. Say amen, somebody. And tonight, maybe God is saying to you, I want to give you more. I want to give you the, the abundance that I have sent your way, but you have blocked my blessing from arriving because you're not walking in love in these particular areas of your life, and they become a hindrance to you. Or tonight he's talking to you and he's saying, increase your love walk because I have more for you than you dreamed of. And you need to make room for what I'm bringing into your life. Say amen, somebody. Aren't you glad God loves you? Do you know God loves you? Now God says walk in love. Because faith operates through love. And tonight, God is saying, I've sent so much your way that you cannot let offenses or grudges or unforgiveness get in the way of it. Take it out of your life. Put it under the blood. I said put it under the blood. Because the only way forward is love. Say amen, somebody. Let's stand together. Right where you are, just bow your head. And we're just going to pray that God will give you a revelation tonight of his love for you and of how he wants you to love. That he will make it so clear to you, so obvious to you. If there's any area where your love walk has been limited, that you will receive freedom. If there's any area where your relationship to your spouse has been hindered, that you will find a way because you love them. Because they love you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come tonight and we ask you to give us a revelation of the love of God. That vast ocean of the love of God. Father, tonight some people have a little, a little teaspoon and they think this is how much God loves me. I pray tonight that you would bring them over to the edge, to the coast, and that they would see that the love of God is an infinite ocean, far vaster and wider and deeper than any comprehension man could have. I pray that they would be inundated, that they would be overwhelmed in your grace and in your love. That they would be overflowed, overflowing in their knowledge of the fact that you have no limit in how much love you have demonstrated to them. For the word says, behold how great the love of the Father is. And Paul said, and I pray the same words of Paul. He said, I pray that you would come to know the height and the depth and the length and the width of the love of God. So let it be tonight, O God. That your people would come to know the great depths of your love. And out of that overflow, that they would love their spouse. 
that they would love their children, that they would love their their sons and daughters who are grown, that they would also love their neighbor, that they would love people who have offended them, that they would love beyond prejudice, that they would love beyond the boundaries and barriers of culture. Almighty God, make us a church built and established on the love and grace of God. We thank you, Father, because you first loved us. Because you showed us your grace and your compassion. And you made us worthy when we weren't worthy. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Jesus.